Pastor Leon and his wife Sheila founded Gospel Tabernacle Church in 1982 in the heart of Lawrence, South Carolina. Since then, the Lord has richly blessed and increased the ministry and family of Gospel Tabernacle Church. Here at Gospel Tabernacle, we believe in the power of the Word of God to change the hearts and lives of believers. Gospel Tabernacle is a family church ministering to the whole family through the charismatic teaching ministry. Today's message will grow your faith and draw you close to the Lord as you open your heart to God's Word and His Spirit. Go to uh, um, let's see where I'm at. I'm all shook up. Let's see. Oh, that was Elvis song. I'm sorry. Uh, Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four. And uh, let's look at uh, verse 31 just a moment. But first, let's make our confession. If you brought your Bible with you. Let's make a confession. Everybody say, "This is my Bible. I'm what it says I am. I have what it says I have, and I can do what it says I can do." Today, I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the indestructible, the incorruptible, the ever-living seed of God. And I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Look at Luke's gospel, chapter 4, and verse 31 is where I'm going to be headed, I think, this morning. Uh, just for a few minutes, but really narrow on down into verse 36. I'm going to continue as the Lord has laid it upon my heart uh, in the last couple of weeks to share. Uh, the last time I've been able to share with you. Uh, Concerning the authority and the power of God's Word. My task this morning is simply this. If I can get you to do this, if I can get you to recognize that that this book I hold in my hand or this tablet that's before me with the Word of God uh, displayed on it, if I can get you to recognize that it is not just a book, that it's not just a historical religious artifact of some type, If I can get you to recognize that it is the power of God, that it is the very spoken word of Almighty God, it will become what Pat Robinson called many years ago a super book. And it will be like when you open it up, sort of like these tablets do when you open them up like that and they shine in the dark like that. It's like the glory of God comes out of this book. It is something that will really, really, really do what it really, really says that it will really do. The promises of God are yes and amen to us at believe. Somebody say amen. Somebody say yes. Say amen. And the promises of God, they work greatly, just as God says that they do. But they only do that for people who are believers of the book. And so in order to help you and me both become a believer of the book, and even a greater believer of the book if we are so, and able to, in order to help us to do that, then we have to understand the integrity of the book, the power of the book, the righteousness of the book, the sincerity of the book, the authenticity of the book and those kind of things once we do that and recognize the word of almighty God and what it really is the word of almighty God and not becomes the word if I'm sharing today the word of Pastor Leon or if you're reading a book and uh, out of that book you're reading a a comment that maybe in Dr. Fred Price's book and you saw that and you said well hey that's good saying Dr. Fred had that's that's fine that's fine but uh, you know what Uh, what we need to recognize, recognize is this it's not what Dr. Fred said or what somebody else said it's what the word of God says and I have to come to that place because that's the only thing that's going to get me out of my circumstances and situations of life If I face something in life, uh, in my body, uh, me sitting down and saying, well, I heard it taught this, I heard it preached this, that doesn't help me very much. 
if I'm facing a circumstances in my finances or my home or our marriage or different things going on, and uh, I quote wonderful uh, counselors and those kind of things, thank God for the advice they gave. But, but still, it only helps when I recognize that it's the Word Almighty God that is effectively working in us that believe. And as we believe on the Word of God, the Word of God becomes extremely effective in their life. It will do things. They recognized this in Jesus' day when He came on planet Earth almost some 2,000 years ago now. And Luke's Gospel chapter 4 is beginning to introduce his uh, ministry unto the, the people of God of that day. Scripture tells us that he came down to Capernaum in Luke 4 verse 31, a city of Galilee, and he taught them on the Sabbath day. Notice he taught them. What did he teach them when he taught them with words? He spoke to them. You've got to get that through your thinking, that our words convey the Spirit of God. And our words convey our faith or they convey our doubts, our disbelief. Whatever we have in our heart and our life, our words will let that flow out of our spirit. And Jesus himself, the word of God, is now teaching them the word of God. Verse 32, they are astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power and authority. Notice, we'll see this maybe a little later on too. They're astonished at his doctrine. His word was with authority. Something going on and something is happening there. In the synagogue, there was a man that had a spirit of unclean devil. He cried out with a loud voice. He said, let us alone. And what we have to do with you, you Jesus of Nazareth, or you come to destroy us. I know you who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him. That's what you do with the devil. You don't let the devil ride your back and the devil harass you and the devil stay on your case. You rebuke the devil. Everybody say, devil, you're rebuked. Jesus' name. That don't mean just saying, you know, shut up. That means shut up, stand down, stand back, get out. It's all of it put together, rebuke. Him saying, hold your peace, come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst of it, came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed. Notice this is the second time we see that they are amazed. They were astonished in verse 32, and now they are amazed. And you know what? Sadly, a lot of the world is like that today. See, even in the Christian church. People are astonished and amazed when you ought not be astonished and amazed. You ought to say, well, that's what I expected to happen. Somebody say, the promise of God come true in my life. Oh, did it? Really? Really? No, 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 no. Somebody said, the promises of God came to pass in my life. Isn't that what they're supposed to do? I mean, that is what Watch Me called many years ago the normal Christian life. It's normal. It's normal, the normal Christian life. Many years ago, we watched this program that we watched, I think, called the Green Beret, and John, Ber- uh, John Wayne is out there, and he's shooting his shotgun at Skeets, and somebody's come up behind him, and they you know, fling out two or three of those, and boom, 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 and he hits all three of them. And then they come up behind him and says, that's pretty good shooting there, Colonel. He said, that's normal. Everybody say, it's normal. It's normal. It ought not to be astonishing or such great amazement that the Word of God does what the Word of God says it does. It's like, oh, God, did you really tell the truth this time? Really? No. He told the truth every time. All the time he tells the truth. And so, verse 36, they were all amazed and they spake among themselves, saying, what kind of word is this? See, most of the world doesn't recognize the power and the authority of God's word. They just don't. And you know what? When we become saved and we become Christians and we come into the things of God and we begin to learn of the Lord, sometimes we don't recognize the power and authority of God's Word. Even though that you love the Lord and you love Him with all of your heart and you do that, you sometimes have a difference of thinking. You think, well, if Jesus would just come and help me, but He already has. If Jesus would just talk to me, but He already has. If Jesus would just speak to my heart and my life, He has. 
And what the difference is when Christians make those statements, they don't recognize the power and authority of the Word of God. And then so then, as I sort of try to build this power and authority of the Word of God that it has in your life today, it will become a different book to you. It will become a supernatural thing that you found. If you watch the Indiana Jones movies and, you know, they're looking for the Ark of the Covenant, think something great about that golden box that was there. And, and, and the only thing that was ever great about it was God's presence came down and inhabited it. Wasn't nothing special about the box. It was God's presence was there. And so, you know what? Sometimes people look at that and they're, and they're wanting to, they don't recognize that you've got this very special word of God that is in front of you. You've got the anointing, the presence of God that you can bring to bear on your situation. It will really work and really do things in your life. I've seen the Word of God work over and over again in the lives of believers. And that you and I, when we face things in our body, physically, you can take the Word of God and apply the Word of God and it becomes help to all of your flesh, the Bible says. But it only becomes that once you believe it and once you act on it and once you begin to speak it into your life and you can see your life change because of the Word of God. And that's the point, and that's why I'm trying to get us to this place, that when they were there, they said, what word is this? It's with authority and power. He commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. Notice, he commanded the unclean spirits. Jesus is the word. The word commands. Spirits obey the word. Everybody say, devils. Obey Jesus. But now listen, listen. Most Christians go there. But where they have a problem making the leap is, and it's really no leap at all, which our understanding is correct. But devils, if I say devils, devils. obey the word, obey the word. In, my in my mouth. Say it again. Say devils, devils. Obey, the word. obey the word in my mouth. In my mouth. The word of Jesus didn't, didn't stop speaking just because it's 2,000 years later. It's just as powerful as it today. Remember the song we sing? It will never, the blood will never lose its power. The word never loses its power either. And it continues on and it reaches and it reaches to every circumstance and situation of your life. And so, these demonic spirits obey the word because the word is with authority and with power. So you and I need to come to that place in our life where the word of God is a word of authority and a word of power. Authority, the right to command. Power, the dunamis of God, the creative energy of God that moves forward. And so, so we looked at that. We saw in Romans 1.16, Paul said this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. And that's the place that you need to get to. You need to get to the place where you recognize that the Word of God is the power of God. Amen. It is the power of God. I prayed this in my prayer before. It's no disrespect to my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, who I love with all of my heart, who's my very closest, my very best friend. I've said many times, Jesus, I don't need, you to need heaven to come down here. I've got your Word. Amen. It is the power of God. It is, I've already got It is the power of God. It is the power of God. AJ talked a little bit about roofing and different things like that. You can be on top of a roof up there, and you can have a, a, a nailer or a hammer, however you put on those shingles nowadays. But you can have a, a nailer, and you can shoot those shingles down like that. And you could be up there standing there with a, with a nailer, and you can have the air pressure down and have the line running toward it and got it set at the right, you know, uh, PSI that you're running it with, got the right nails in the nailer, got the shingles, got everything there. And you can be hollering down at somebody and say, Hey, I, I need some help. I need some help. I need somebody to help me. i, I, I got to have some kind of way to nail these shingles on. And you got that air nailer right in your hand. And sometimes we're like that as children of God. We're calling out to God, we want this, we want that. We, we're asking the Lord to do something for us, to, to move in our lives in some kind of special way. And, and we're acting like that God's for some reason, is going to you know, leave his throne in heaven, get off the throne, come down, make a very special trip, and come down and help us tie our shoes, whatever it is wanting God to have us do. And yet we've got the Word of God right here already. 
All right, what does the Bible say in the book of Romans? Faith doesn't say who's going to come up or who's going to come up out of the grave, who's going to come down from heaven. No, the word of God is close to you, even in your heart and in your lips. It is the word of faith which we preach. That's what it is that makes change in our life. That's where I've got to get to. And so, so if you struggle this morning with, with those thoughts about, you know, that I'm, I'm still looking for this or looking for that or this highest mountain experience or this deepest valley experience or I'm looking here and there and I want this and I want that and all of those kind of things that happen in my life, you've got to get to the place where you recognize you have got everything you need right here in the Word of God. And sometimes we face some problems on both sides of the religious spectrum. Sometimes there are people that uh, they don't really have a, a faith uh, in God, that they believe God can do anything today. They think everything ended with the days of the apostles, and so the word is of no effect to them. Oh, they go to church. They're religious people, but they don't really believe anything. They don't think the word of God will do anything for them. On the other extreme, there's a people that come to church, and you know, we shout, scream, holler, run, dance, and wow, we want to feel this and feel that. And what do we do? When we come and ask God to do something, oh, God, come do this for me. Oh, Jesus, will you help me? Oh, Lord. And we forget that we've got the word all the time, too. So you, you, you see it on every side, every end of the spectrum. We've got to get to that place where we recognize what the Word of God is. Paul said it like this in First Thessalonians. He said, the Word of God which we preach, he said, you received it, and it's effective in you because you recognize it was not the Word of man, but it is the Word of God. Amen. And when you make that leap and you make that jump, that this is no longer just a book, my particular version that you or I have, it's no longer just that, but it is the power of God. It is God's Word. It will become effective and powerful in your life. Amen? Amen? All right. Now, so we talked about that. We talked in Isaiah 55. We talked about the rain coming down from heaven and snow. It waters the earth, makes it bring forth in bud so that it might give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. The word of God will not be void. It will work. It is not empty. It is not vain. It does exactly what God says that it will do. And so we, we talked about that. We looked at those scriptures. Let me get back in here. We looked at that. We talked in First Peter when we saw the integrity of the scripture. And we, and we saw First Peter chapter 2 and, or I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter 1 verse 20. Knowing this first, no prophecy of scriptures, any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as were moved on by the Holy Ghost. And so what we've got in front of us is a Holy Ghost written book. A book written of God. I have many, many thousands of books on my, my shelves, my library, and some of them I, I paid a fortune for. Uh, some of them I have because I knew that someone knew something. And I wanted to know what they knew. And the only way for me to find it out is I had to purchase their book. I've got one little book. It's about, only about 48 pages long. I paid a little over $100 for that book. It's a little paperback book. It's an old. It's used. And they're not out there anymore. And when in its day, it might have sold for 98 cents, that kind of thing. I paid $100 for it because the information that was in it was very, very valuable to me. And some of us look at the Bible like, wow, I wonder what I can do to be successful in life. And we go to this motivational conference. Well, every motivational conference I've been to that's been a good one have always had principles that were based on the Word of God. So I have some value in that. But, you know, and there's all kind of others. I want to go to a healing conference. Well, thank God for that too. And particularly if you're talking about in the ways of the world, worlds of this thing, I understand that. But the thing is this, you have to recognize you got that book right here. Amen. I don't have to sit down and ask Bill Gates how to become the richest man in the world. I can look right here and find out. I know somebody a lot richer than Bill Gates. I mean, you know, other people, and there's other people richer than him now. But still, Jeff Bezos, I guess, and other people out there. And so, so we have to recognize you got it right here. And as long as you're still looking for it, as long as you, as long as you still hope one day you'll find it, or as long as you're still out there and you're journeying your course, thinking God's going to do something else, something wild, something weird, something different, 
And he can do all of those things and, and does. That's fine. You've got to recognize he's already giving you himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the power of his word. And it will work for you. We looked at that. We saw that because it's written by the Holy Ghost. We saw in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is profitable. It's, it's good for instruction, for correction, for reproof, uh, for doctrine, that the man of God might be thoroughly furnished into all good works, the Bible tells us. And so I've got what I need right there in the book. We looked at that. We saw it. We, we saw that the Lord Jesus Christ himself is the word of God, and we talked about that. We talked about how that he, when he was tempted and tested uh, in his 40 days of fasting and prayer and seeking God at the beginning of his ministry, that he had the uh, approval of John the Baptist when he was baptized in water. The Holy Ghost had come down on him, and, 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 and like a dove, it said, and stayed upon him. The Bible says that God spoke out of heaven and said, Behold, this is my beloved Son. Hear him. All those things he had, the divine approval of God, the approval of the Holy Ghost, the approval of man, John the Baptist, all those things he had, but yet when he became tempted of the devil three times, three times he could appeal to those three sources. He did not. Three times he appealed to the, the very fact that it is written. Here's what the Word of God says. And let me tell you something. Does anybody, and the Bible tells us that, none of us are greater than our master. And if Jesus, you know, had his time of go-around with the devil, you and me can expect to have a few go-rounds with the devil too. Amen? Amen. And thank God he's already defeated in Christ Jesus. But the only reason I'm going to have a victory over him today is when I appeal to the same source that Jesus did, the Word of Almighty God. That book will change your life. Everybody say, that book will change my life. It will change your life. We looked at that. We talked about that. Then, let, let's go now to uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3. Let me show you something. We've looked at this story so many times before in my heart and my life. I've seen it. But I want to show you something here today that I see that I haven't seen before. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, it's, it's that great testing. Remember, Adam and Eve are in, the, in paradise. They are in the Garden of Eden that we call it. And they are there. Everything's wonderful. Everything's grand. Everything's glorious. They got everything you could ever dream of. They got a great relationship with God. God just enjoys their presence. They enjoy His. And the scripture tells us that something began to happen there. Because what had happened basically is this, is God the Father had given Adam and Eve the world that Lucifer used to rule and reign in. Lucifer wants it back. I've learned this in life. Everything you get from God, the devil wants it back. What you use faith to get, you'll need faith to maintain. It's all about that. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, the Bible says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said, notice the serpent said, unto the woman, as God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. They have a confrontation with the devil. Every one of us, and if you're not at this place yet, you haven't even entered the battle. But every one of us will have our confrontation. And you will be called upon to find out, do you stand on the word of God or do you not? And if you do not, there ain't nothing else left for you. I don't know where you're going to be standing because there's not, you know, thank you, thank you for your honor and your respect toward me. But God forbid that you should go out there and say, Pastor Leon said. Ah, uh, don't you be saying that. No. If Pastor Leon says something to you that's the word of God, go out and say the word of God said. If Pastor Leon says something to you that's not the word of God, just forget that. All right. Some of us need to have some short memories, I guess, sometimes on some of those things. But, but no, 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 no. We, we want what the Word of God said. And so the devil will tempt you at the point that you've been given God's Word. In Genesis 2, verse 17, God told them, You can eat of every tree of the garden, but you can't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you're going to die. 
And so they've got a word from God. At the point they get the word from God, then the devil's going to have to make his entrance and he's going to have to come on the scene. At the point that you and I make a stand on the word of God, you can expect the devil to show up. Some people think when you begin to stand on the word of God that, you know, it's just peaches and roses and cream and everything nice after that. Well, it's a great life standing on the word of God. But you will be tested and you will be tempted on it. The devil will come your way when he finds out that you have made a stand on the word of God. And so he comes to Eve and he says to her, are you sure? Hath God said, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden. Is that really the word of God? And so if you're not at this place like some of these things we talked about when the word of scripture given by the Holy Ghost and given by God and the Lord Jesus Christ is the word of God. If you don't have those doctrinal stances and rules firmly in your life, the devil can come to you and say to you things like, are you sure? I mean, I know you said that you quoted the scripture that by his stripes you were healed. Are you sure you're healed? The devil you don't look ill to me. The devil will say, you know, you don't, look like, you know, you don't look like you're doing well to me. And yet you, you say, are you sure? I know what you need to do. You need to read another book about the Word of God. And maybe you'll find a book that will straighten you out. And you go to this other book and the other book says, well, you know, that was great word back in those days and that kind of stuff. But that was just the writing of, a, of Peter, a man. Or that was just something that was written back in those days. And, you know, God did it in that time. And when the season closed out when John the Apostle died, then, you know, all those things are done with now. And no. Or, you know, that was great then. But now God uses other things to do other things with rather than that. And doctors and medicine and all those things are good. Thank God for every one of them. But now that's only what God used. He doesn't use anything else. And so you better go that direction and, and don't dare stand on the word of God that by stripes you were healed. And if you don't know that that's the word of God, you're going to be challenged on it. You're going to be questioned. Had God not said. And every one of us, every one of us here, ought to place our faith firmly in the Word of God in this time that we're living in this time of COVID. The Word of God didn't stop working just because of COVID. In fact, it, it is displaying itself greater than ever now. How many going to stand on the Word of God? Say amen. amen. Absolutely we are. Absolutely we are. Now... Notice, he said, you have, has God said, you shall not eat of a tree of the garden. Verse 2, the woman said, the serpent, we may eat of fruit of the trees of the garden. That's pretty good. Verse 3, but of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, God said, you shall not eat of it. That's good too. But neither shall you touch it. It's not too good. She's adding to the word of God. Lest you die. God never did tell her, don't touch it. He said, don't eat of it. He didn't say, don't touch it. In fact, he told her to dress and keep it. He didn't tell her not, not to touch it. Whenever... You add something to the Word of God, you degenerate the Word of God in your life. If you get a pure Word of the Lord and you add to that, you degrade the Word of God, you devolve the Word of God, you lower it, you compromise it. It does not have to have a mixture of the Word of God and you or me, as the case may be. By her adding to the Word of God, she has lowered the integrity value of the Word of God. And we have to be very, very careful that we do not add to the Word of God. First of all, what we added is not the Word of God. But if we let that get into our heart and our life in a symptom, now we've got this conglomeration of God's word and my word all mixed together that becomes my belief. And that is not something I can act on and expect to receive the things of God. So we do not add to the word of God. 
Remember Jesus when he's tempted? The devil almost said three different times things about the word. They weren't right. But he said things about the word when he was tempting Jesus. Jesus also went back every time to it is written. Everybody say written. written. Not, not it is annotated. Not the commentary said. Not the Hebrew Talmud said, which is a commentary. Not, not, not that said. No, it is written. It's like it's written, engraved in stone, and my mind and my thoughts can't change it. I can't add to it. It is, it is, it is the absolute Word of God. Now, you go to schools and colleges and seminaries, they'll try to get that out of you. I mean, they'll fight you on that. They'll say, oh, well, wait a minute. First of all, this verse is not part of the Bible, and this is not part of it, and that word didn't mean this, and that word don't mean that, and this is a misinterpretation, and this is a scribe. Let something just put in from the notes. And they'll try to just deteriorate you all they can. And to, to the degree that they do that, they mellow down, they mash down, they, you know, get your faith where I just don't know anymore. If I could tell you of the people that I know that have went to schools and college, different things, to come out just saying, I just don't know anymore. But there's been a lot of people in college and schools that went back in and said, I do know. I do know. That's why I told them jokers in that college they didn't know. They don't know everything they think they know. Amen. Especially if it's something against the Word of God. It really is. It, it really, really is. So then, she adds something to it. We don't do that. Now then, notice verse 3. You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. So, so she's got... Part of the word there, but it's deteriorated because she's added some of Eve into it. Genesis 3 verse 4. And the serpent said to the woman, you won't surely die. Let's just do that. Let's just attack the word of God right off. You won't surely die. I've been in passages in the Bible and standing for healing and those kind of things. And people say, well, you know, you're not healed. Well, I like the words that. Again, and I've heard preach over the years, if you ask my body, if you ask the situation, I, I might have to agree with you, but that's not who I'm asking. I'm asking the Word of God. And I happen to believe, if I believe the Word of God and stand on the Word of God, the Word of God will drive out everything in my body and my life. I've seen it happen, seen it do it. It'll do it. It will do it. Serpent said to the woman, you won't surely die. You're going to have the world say to you, the Bible is not the Bible, especially now in, in the way we live in our government and politics and our different states that we are in and part of all. There's an attack. There is an assault on the Word of God like you wouldn't believe. Is there any more Ten Commandments left out in public? You know, all those things. that, that this, this don't want anything to do with God. If it's got God's verses in Scripture, watch this. Mark this down. If you've ever been to Washington, D.C., and that's a terrible place to go to, but if you've ever been up there to Washington, D.C., you can find the Word of God on a lot of the monuments there. Fewer now than you could then because some of them have been taken down, and they're out to get rid of the rest too. I mean, you can just watch it. You can just watch it. People don't want you in on the Word of God. They don't want you to believe the Word of God. The Word of God does a lot of things. It teaches us how to live, and it talked about reproof, and it tells us about our sin too. And there's a lot of sinners don't want to be told they are sinners. And the Word of God will confront you and make you know your sin. Amen? And so then, the devil says, you won't die. You won't die. So now she's got a choice. God says... Don't eat it or you die. 
The devil says, you won't die. God says, don't eat it. If you do, you die. The devil says, go ahead and eat it. You won't die. And so now I'm in the midst. I've got a choice. Who am I going to believe? What God says or what the devil says? And every one of us, we've got that same choice in our life today. You can believe what the Word of God says. You, you can really believe what it says and stand on the Word of God, or you can believe everything else that's out there. And there's a lot of other stuff out there that will try to take you off of the Word of God. I mean, everything from uh, things, as I said, in politics, things that are in governments, uh, next-door neighbors, friends, relatives, there's all kind of folks that will try to take you off the Word of God. And every one of us have got, to make, have got to make that decision. We've got to make a decision that we're going to stand on the Word of God regardless of what anybody else does. My very first testimony that I had with Sheila, my wife, in October of 1975 when we were saved on that Sunday morning, the very first testimony we had, we went to our home church. We were saved at home that morning when God just came into my room and His presence was there and we were saved together. And uh, we went to church that day. And when we went to church that Sunday morning, uh, I said I wanted to testify. And part of my testimony was this. I, it probably wasn't very kind. But I said to the group of people that were at our church, I said, you know what? I'm going to live for God if none of the rest of you all do. And maybe that wasn't the smartest thing for me to say. But that's what I felt in my heart. And you and I need to come to that conclusion. I'm going to stand on the Word of God regardless of what the world tells me. I'm going to stand on the Word of God regardless of what my bank account might say. I'm going to tithe and I'm going to give regardless of what it says in my checking account, my bank account. Thank God it says good numbers now. I'm thankful for that. But you know what? I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm going to stand on the Word of God regardless of what my body might say to me. Body, you're the one that's going to have to change. You're going to have to change. You're going to have to come in line with the Word of God. If the Word of God says I'm healed, then I'm flat healed. Somebody say amen. If I'm healed, I'm healed. God says I am, then I am. Remember that song we sing? If Jesus says I am, then I am. If He says I am, then I am. Oh, more than a conqueror in this life, I am. We we am. Everybody say we am. That's us together. We am. All right. Notice what it says. I want you to see it. Verse 4. Serpent said to woman, you won't surely die. There's your, there's your test right there. Verse 5. And God doth know that in a day you, you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now notice what the devil begins to do. He tries to get her into reason and intellectual logic about why God lied to her and why the devil's telling the truth. You, know, you, you need to look at some things sometimes. Whenever you hear, I'm all for us getting down into the scripture understanding, the proper scripture understanding of the Bible, the right revelation, bringing it forth just as it is. There's a thing that we learn in seminary called exegesis, and that's where the word comes out to you. There's eisegesis, that's when you put yourself into the word and make the word what you want it to be. And so we want the proper hermeneutics. We want the proper exegesis, if you want to get real theological about those kind of things. We really just want the proper understanding of the Bible. That's what we want. But when you hear somebody that is preaching or teaching you, and they have to go about 45 other minutes talking to you about everything else under the sun to get you back to that one simple verse of Scripture to make you try to understand why it really just don't quite say what you thought it did, you probably listen to the wrong person. Because that's what the devil's about to do here to Eve. Here's the deal, Eve. We know that he said in Genesis 2.17 that if you eat of that tree, you'll die. We know that, but you won't. That's a lie. Then the devil says, here's why God said that to you. He's got other ulterior motives here. And God has said to you, he knows. He knows this, that in the day you eat of that, he knows if you go ahead and eat what he told you not to eat. The day you do, then your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, 
knowing good and evil. That's what God knows about you. He, he, you know, that kind of, and he don't want you to be like him. He does not want you to be like him whatsoever. God's holding out on you, and he doesn't want you to go that direction. And some people in their little brains that they've gotten have come to those kind of conclusions in their life. They, they think they know more than God. How, how ridiculous, how unbelievable that people would get to that place in life. They, they know more than God, and they can tell God what to do, or God didn't have it right, or God's old-fashioned, or God's this, or he's not in a technological savvy world like we are today, and he doesn't know, you know, old-time God. Some people get into that kind of thing in the church. Oh, you can't cast out devils anymore. That's just the terminology and language they use in that day. We understand now that we need psychiatric help. Well, I know somebody that needs psychiatric help. The person just said that. But anyway... <laughs> that kind of thing. But they try to change the language. No, 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 no. You can still cast out devils. Say amen. amen. Devils are still people's problems. Say amen. amen. It is. It is. Now, some people have some other thinking uh, things in their life and the way they handle situa- circumstance, situations that need to be addressed. Of course they do. Of course they do. But there are real devils and there are real demons. And they really do cause real problems. And, and so here... What is going on here is the devil is trying to reason with her about an interpretation of God's word. And you almost never hear me use that word, which is the word interpretation. I don't like it. I detest it. I don't care for it. I don't believe in it. I had people at at, at seminary run me down like you wouldn't believe because I just hated that word interpretation. They said, oh, everybody's got interpretation. I said, well, no, I just read what it says and believe what it says. Oh, no, you've got an interpretation. And they spent hours and days and weeks trying to tell me I had an interpretation. And when I graduated from there seven years later, I still didn't have no interpretation. Why do you need interpretation of the interpretation? Why do I need that? I mean, God's already said what he said. If somebody you said, what time is it? Well, it's 7 o'clock. Well, you need interpretation at 7 o'clock. No, you don't. It's 7 o'clock. If it's 7 o'clock, it's 7 o'clock. Well, you need interpretation of that. No, you don't. No, you don't. And that's what people do when they get in too much of their interpretation. Well, I believe that says this. Or right, let me tell you my opinion about it. I don't care about my opinion about it. I don't care what I believe it says. I want to know what the thing says straight up and down, just like it is. I don't have no interpretation, no opinion of it. No, no, no. Say if, if there's something I don't know, I can say, hey, this is my idea. But what the Scripture says, the Scripture says. And so the devil says to her, here's my interpretation. Here's what it is. This is the reason it's all behind it. Now, look at what the Bible says, Genesis 3, 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, notice what happened, for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, the tree desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave to her husband also with her, and he did eat. They both did the wrong. They both did the sinning. They both rebelled against God's word. They both doubted God's word and believed what the devil said and did what the devil told them to do, and they sinned against Almighty God. We've read the portion of the New Testament where Paul talks about it like this, that Eve was just flat out deceived. She didn't know what was going on. But Adam, he did it with his eyes clear open. He knew what he was not deceived. The woman was, but he was not. And, and he did it right off. He did it for his love for his wife and said, you know, if she's going to go to hell, I'll go with her. If she can't stay in this glory and paradise with me, I'll go where she's... I mean, he made that decision. Foolish decision, I know, but that's what, that's what he did. And they both sinned against God. Now, something else happened there, and I want to show it to you. Look in Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew 7 verse 24, here's the deal. Which word are you going to act on today? And your choice is already made. 
you may change your choice if you like. But what I'm trying to say to you is this. You will either act on God's word or the devil's word. You're going to do one of the two. So many years ago, you've got to serve somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. And so you go in one way or the other. I've heard people over the years say things like that. Well, I'm just not ready to make a decision yet. You have made a decision. You did. You made a decision. Well, I haven't decided yet. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You may not want to admit it, but you did. You decided. You're going one way or the other. You're not stagnant. You're not standing still. You're going forward or you're going backwards. I mean, you, you know, you, you're moving one way or the other. You are moving. In Matthew 7, verse 24, the Bible says, Therefore, whosoever hears these things of mine and does them. Adam and Eve heard the sayings of God in Genesis 2, 17, that if you eat of this tree, you'll surely die. Tree of knowledge of good and evil. They heard it. They went that far. They heard the word of God. They, my, talking about revelation, God inspired directly mouth to their ear. They heard it. They heard the word of God. And Jesus said, whoever hears the things of mine and does them. There's a connection to it. You can hear, but you are going to be a doer. And I said, well, I guess I'm not doing that word. Okay, then if you're not, don't get mad. But you're doing the word of the devil. If you won't do that one, if you won't become a doer of the word of God, you're a doer of the other person's word. Ain't no way around it. No choice to be made. It's as clear as night and day. Notice, Jesus says, Whosoever hears these things of mine and does them. There is a doing that's always connected to the hearing. Doing connected to the hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. I hear faith arise. Faith without works is dead, so I'm going to be doing something based on my faith of something that I heard. It is a principle of Almighty God. Notice this. I liken him to a wise man that built his house upon a rock. If you want to be strong in this world, if you want to have a solid foundation, if you want to get things done, get things accomplished, if you want to be blessed, you want to be happy, you want God to be on your side, you want to be at peace with God, your sins forgiven, living for Christ, loving Him, you want to do that, don't only hear what He says, but do what He says. Become a doer of the Word of God. Become a doer. I'm reminded so much in the 25th chapter of Matthew where Jesus talked about it like this and giving the talents away and the five and the uh, three and the, the one or that he gave away and they were all multiplied and doubled except for the one and he didn't do anything with him. And Jesus comes back and says, here's what you ought to have done. You ought to at the very least put my money over here and collect a usury, which the King James word for interest. You should at the very least, our understanding of it, in the bank and make, draw some interest on it. It's the very least you ought to have done. And when I saw that, I saw two things in there. I saw one is the Lord says, with whatever you've got, you want it to increase. Because at the very least you should have done this because Jesus said when I came back, I'd had my money with some interest. I learned that, that you should take something of everything you've got and let it be increasing and working for you and doing something for you. I learned something else from it though too. Jesus said the very least. 
Which if that's the very least, there are some other things that are much more profitable. And that's why that I look at my investments and I can see interest rates of 20 and 25%, sometimes 30, 30%, sometimes more, sometimes a little less, but on an average about 24, 25%. If I go to the bank, they want to laugh and give me, what, 1.1.1, whatever. I told them at the bank one time, I said, yeah, this is just my checking account. And I got a pretty good bit of money in the checking account. I said, look, don't even give me that no more. It's too much trouble to write it down. <laughs> you ever saw that? I mean, you a little bit of interest they want to give you? It's just, just, and they said, well, if you had more money here, I said, I'm not giving you no more money. That's why. That's why I take it out as fast as I put it in there. Y'all, y'all just a clearing house for me. And that kind of thing. So, you know, at the very least. But to hear something, and to know that Jesus said that, won't do you any good until you do it. You have to hear it and do it. If you don't, do it, it won't do you any good. You can have the greatest, most successful man in all the world come down and say, here's how I did it. And you can hear how he did it. But if you don't try to duplicate him in the way that he did it, it won't do you any good. So notice he said here, verse 24, therefore whosoever hears these things and does them. I hear and I, everybody say hear and do. Hear and do. I'll liken him like a wise man. So you're very wise. You're very wise. And what does Bible say in Proverbs? There's wealth and riches in the house of the wise. So you're very wise. You built your house upon a rock. Verse 25. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded on a rock. In other words, it was solid, it was secure, a firm foundation. You did what you heard from the words of Jesus. But now there's another side to this. Verse 26. Everyone that hears these things of mine and doeth them not person that does not do the word of God shall be likened in a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So now, so now I know where the word of God is concerned. If I do the word of God, I'm a wise person, and I can withstand every storm that comes against my life. If I don't do the word of God, when the storm comes, it's going to take me under. It's going to destroy everything I am and all I've got. Basically, that's just what he said to me. And then when I see that, I put that back to what Adam and Eve did. Adam and Eve did this. They did not obey the words of God. God said, don't do it if you want to live. <laughs> they did it and they died. They went the other direction. But what was it called? It was the word of the devil on the other side that they heard and obeyed. They heard and obeyed the devil. So they got what the deceptive devil... The lying devil. Everybody say, the devil's a liar. They got what the lying devil never told them they'd get when he tried to deceive them in thinking it was another way. And they followed his word. And there's a lot of people in America today, all across our nation, all across the world really, that are walking that route and that path today. They're doing some of the most stupid things I've ever seen in my life. It is absolutely nuts. It is unbelievable that people will do some of the things they do. Why in the world would they want to make a mandate here in America that everybody has got to get the vaccine? If you don't get it, we're going to fire you from your job. We're going to fire you from this. You can't go here. You can't do that. You can't and make that law. That's what they say they do. But if you're on the border and you want to come in by the 20 and the 30 and the 40 and the 50 and the 100,000, you don't have to be checked about nothing. 
If they were serious about you getting this mandate and you getting healthy, the first place they'd put it would be down on the border when you came in. Somebody say amen. amen. Now that's just South Carolina common sense. Anybody ought to be able to do that. Well, Brother Copeland talked about some people's foolishness like a cow looking at a newborn before daylight. I mean, just crazy stuff. The gate, what it was. Or eating gas or <laughs> eating oats out of a half-inch gas pipe, which I don't know how you do that. But anyway, he says some foolish stuff. Funny things. But there's some crazy stuff out there. And again, like you've heard me say more and more lately, don't let them drive you crazy. I'm not the one that's wearing a dress. Somebody say amen. I'm not the one wearing a dress. I mean, what God-forsaken thing is in people's crazy minds that they just put up, what was it? Did I say this Sunday? Was it Wednesday night? They just put up, put up the first four-star, the first four-star female admiral, the first female four-star. Nobody's ever been a four-star admiral before this female. I'm talking about female. Before this female and they said that this four-star female admiral, the very first one, is a man. <laughs> Rachel Levin. Dressed her up like a man. Pulled her hair back on her. Or, or, or she knows she pulled her hair back like on her. You know, what it is, I mean, she's a man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Incredible. Just because she says she is don't mean she is. My dog is a dog. My cat is a cat. Ain't neither one of them been complaining lately that I know about. Have they seen it? But at the point my dog comes up to me and goes, meow, meow. Or my cat comes up to me and says, woof, woof, woof. I'm going to start running from that place. We're going to move. We're going to go somewhere else. I don't know what devil done come in our house. You say, Pastor, that's crazy. How much more crazier is this? How much more crazier is it? For human beings to do things like that. Well, we got to get down to, you see, comments like, it drives that stuff out of our mind. It lets you know that, hey, I'm not the only one that's been thinking this. There are some people, and don't be ashamed. Don't be, don't be ashamed to stand up for the truth. Don't be afraid. And, and on the vaccine, the mandate, you know what? If the Lord would have you get that mandate, go ahead and get it. That's okay. It's between you, God, I've always said between you and God, and it's between your doctor and your general health, your age, okay. You know, look at all those things. Take those things into consideration. Pray about it. Lord, to have you do that, that's fine too. But the Bible also, Paul said like this, if man eats, you know, let him be blessed. And if you don't eat, let him be blessed either way. If you decide not to take, that's okay too. That's between you and God. Your dog, whatever you decide, that's fine too. But either way, do whatever you do, do it in faith. For whatever is not of faith is of sin is what the Bible says. Amen? So, so stand strong in those kind of things. Stand strong. Stay on the Word of God. All right, I went way too far where I'm supposed to be. Oh, my. I'm going to close with one place. Look at John chapter 5, verse 17. Matthew 5, verse 17. And I'm not going to be like A.J. was Thursday night on the podcast. That boy closed about five doors before he finally got out. <laughs> Anybody watch the podcast Thursday night? Did you watch this? Make, make sure you watch this. We're going to be on this week at 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock because Naomi goes to bed at 7, right? All right, so at 8, 8, o'clock. 8 o'clock. We want to see Naomi on there. Oh, wake her up. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> well, she didn't go. Now, the Lord get us for that. But anyway, look, look, at, uh, look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5, 7. So, recognize you're going to act on one word or the other. You are going to do it. 
you don't have a choice. You will act on one of the. You have a choice which one you act on, but you don't have a choice that you're going to act. You are going to act. You are already acting. We are doing it right now. So if I'm acting on the wrong one, I just need to switch. Go to the other side. All right, Matthew 5, verse 7. Now here's, here's the power of this word that we're talking about. Jesus said, Think not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but fulfill. In other words, the reason the sacrifices stopped is not because sacrificial offering was no longer in force. It was. It was just that the blood of bulls, goats, and heifers could never take away sin. But the blood of Jesus Christ could. And when Jesus was sacrificed on the cross, you don't need another sacrifice. So it's not like he did away with it. He just fulfilled it. He completed it. He fulfilled it. And then he says this, verse 18. For verily I say to you, till heaven and earth shall pass. How many is on earth today? Say amen. Hope everybody at least knows that much, okay? We know we are on planet earth today. Till heaven and earth pass away. One jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass away from the law to all be fulfilled. Jesus said, you, you, it's not that you can remove a, a verse like some translations do. It's not that you can remove a chapter like some translations do. I mean, some people stop the book of Mark at chapter 8. And, I mean, and that's Mark chapter 16, verse 8. And don't even have the rest of it in there. Take it out, have the whole Bible, just not there. Some people take out uh, things in First John chapter 3 concerning the Trinity. Other places, they, they do all kind of stuff with their translations and these kind of things. But Jesus doesn't even address in that. He's addressing just a jot or a tittle. The word we use jot, J, but that's yod. It's part of the Hebrew alphabet. It's the smallest character in the Hebrew alphabet, yod, the smallest one. In other words, Jesus said, go, drew all the way down to the small. Olive is a very big one. It's the first one. But go, go all the way down to yod, the very smallest little letter, the smallest letter. And the Hebrew alphabet won't pass away. And then he said, not even a tittle. A tittle is that part. Like you ever, if I did my name L and like that, and I might up like there with the L on my, that little part on the end. Just a little part that you put on the end. It's not even much as a crossing of a T. It's like you cross a T and went up a little bit with the lip of the cross of the T. It's just a very small part of it. Jesus said, not one jot, not one tittle will ever pass away. So then, that brings the integrity of the Word of God that I look into the Word of God and I see what God says and I hear what Leon's thinking in his mind or what the devil's trying to tell me. Then what i got to do is go back to the Word of God and say, ah, oh, no, Leon, you're going to have to change your mind. Because this is what God... The Bible says, by his stripes, you're healed, Leon. So you're healed. Amen. You're healed. My body says, well, I don't feel like it. I understand that body, but you're healed. Amen. You're healed in Jesus' name. And I preached it into myself. I preached it into my body. I've talked it to myself. I've confessed it to myself. I prayed it into myself. And now I have a reality of it in myself. It's there. It's the real, real, real deal. It works the way that God says that will work. And the same thing. I've looked many years ago. We would just about always run our checking account in the red. And, you know, just sort of holding things here and holding there. And when to mail this, when to mail that. All that kind of stuff. And I would look in there and, oh, 
that kind of stuff. But I kept talking to my checkbook. I kept saying, I know what God's told me to do. I did that. I tied the believe God did the thing supposed to do. And then finally I hooked into that last thing that Dave Ramsey got to me in the power of the Word of God when he told me that I was a fool for being a borrower. And I stopped borrowing. And when I did, my world changed. My life changed after that. And I began to be a doer of the Word of God. And I never borrowed another penny after that, 2009. Never borrowed one more cent. Never will. And what I saw happen was all my debts disappeared and instead of debts I got mountains of money and mountains of income that came into my life all because standing on the word of God the word of God works somebody say it works I had work in every part of your life. You can take it between you and your home and your family and uh, our love life between Sheila and I, and we do all the kind of things that we do. It was so funny. I couldn't believe it the other day. I was standing in front of the mirror. I'm looking in the mirror at myself like this, and I know how old I am, uh, you know, in 40s, whatever. But anyway, I'm looking in my mirror, and I'm not looking, and I'm thinking, I bet I'm about the only 18-year I know with a ball spot on the back of his head. But anyway, I, I feel like that. And you can speak it to your body, you can speak it to your mind, your understanding, your relationship that you have in your families, with your children, with your parents. I mean, you, you can do that. Whatever the Word of God says about you, let that be your final authority. And if I think something different, Leon's just going to have to change. If I've heard something different, I'm just going to have to quit hearing that because that's what we're going with. Because not even the smallest part of it can escape the truth of God's Word. Not even the smallest thing can fail to come to pass. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, He said, heaven and earth pass away. My word won't pass away. So all this stuff they're doing and all this stuff they're saying to us and telling us this works, and they say, no, that don't work, this does. Now they're saying that don't work, and this does, and that don't, and this does, and something else does, and that don't. Maybe this didn't work at all. Who knows? All that they keep on saying. But I know this, the word of God will still be true when this old world's on fire. The Word of God will still be a reality. And as long as I stay on that Word, as long as I stay in the things of God, I'm going to stay with it. I will abide forever. The Bible tells us in this book of Second Peter, we will abide with ever as long as we stay on the Word of God. Have me stand on the Word. Say amen. amen. Stand with me this morning. Let's go before the Lord. Let's make our confession of our faith. And let me tell you something. If you have any struggles in your life, there's something going on in your life that hasn't conformed to the Word of God, begin to hit it and attack it with what the Word of God says about you. I mean, if you've got a problem in your life and you haven't experienced joy in your life, don't you know the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength? And so if the joy of the Lord is your strength, you know, do what you have to do. If you have to take your fingers and put it on the side of your face and pull yourself like this and make a smile, like, smile, you're going to smile, Leon. You're going to smile, boy. I mean, if, if that's what you've got to do, do that. I did that after I had that accident here. I'd take my face like this. Uh-uh, you're not doing that. You're not doing that in Jesus' name. And I was talking crooked out of the side of my face like this. Remember that? I was talking like, hello, everybody. And I talked like that. She would kiss me on the other side, and I didn't even know it. I mean, you know, all that kind of stuff. But no, 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 no. Mouth, you're healed in Jesus' name. You're healed in Jesus' name. You're healed in Jesus' name. Mouth say, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. No, yes, you are. And, and those kind of things. I mean, you know what? Speak the Word of God into your body. Speak it into your finances. Speak it into your relationship. Speak it into your heart. Lord Jesus, you are the love of my life. You are my very best friend. I don't have another greater than you. Amen. Lord God, you are all that I need. I love you so much. You're everything, Father. And I want to give you everything that I am and all that I am. God, sometimes I fail. Sometimes I make mistakes. But you've never failed me. You never let me down. Not one single time in life. And Lord God, I am, Lord God, your best friend. Like you are mine. I thank you for that relationship. Stretch your hands toward the heavens. Say this with me. Say, Dear Father... Thank you for loving me. Say it again. Say, thank you for loving me. 
Say this, say, thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you because you're on my side. And I want to give you everything I am and all that I am. I give you me, Lord. I give you all that I've got, all that I ever will have. It is yours. Say this, Father, nothing I have, nothing in my life is as valuable as you. I love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, all of my strength. Lord God, I'm yours. Lord, I know you've never lied to me. I know your word is true. I believe your word. I will act on your word. I will do what you have said. And in the name of Jesus, I will resist and run from the word of the enemy, the word of the world, the word of the devil. And in Jesus' name, I'll stand strong on your word, Almighty God. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the good things that you are bringing into my life. I honor you, and you are the cause of it all. Almighty God, how I love you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout it real loud. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Do this. Do this. Do this. Put your hands on your body. Say, body, you are healed. You are whole. You are well. You are what God has made you to be in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say this. Thank you, Father. All my needs are supplied. My cup runs over. There is abundance in my house. There is love. There is joy. There is happiness. There is peace. There is excitement. I love you, Almighty God. Hallelujah. Come on, shout it out. Glory. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. My God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. Great and mighty are you, Lord God. We love you, Lord. We bow our knees at the foot of the cross. We lift our hands to your exalted throne, O oh Lord Jesus. God, we give you all the praise. Now, God, be blessed in this day. Happiness and joy go over us all the day long. In Jesus' name I pray. Be dismissed. Amen. Amen and amen. God is good. God is good. Thank you for listening to this faith-filled message. Please connect with us at our website, gospeltabernaclechurch.com, so we can continue to be a part of your faith walk. And if you're listening today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, now is the time to do that. Now, today, is the day of salvation. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Father, I believe you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins on the cross and you have raised him from the dead that I might be alive in him Jesus I confess you are Lord of my life in Jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer welcome you're now in the family of God you're a child of God connect with us let us know if you prayed that prayer we want to be right there alongside you as you walk out this journey of faith in Christ God bless you.